Welcome to the Family Unit Radio Show. The purpose of this show is to inspire, inform, and minister to you the truth about family from the Word of God. Now here's your host. Hello, and thank you to be part of the Family Unit Radio Show. My name is Cleaver Rose, and I want to thank each and every one of you to be part of this wonderful radio experience. I want to thank everyone to be part of this series that God has put in our hearts to do. It's really, really intriguing to have a wonderful person like my wife to really dig into the scriptures about the things that God calls Christian wives to do in his will. And one of the things that's really amazing about it is that God really, really pinpoint the 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 plans for them and we need to really reiterate those plans like for instance one of them is a wife according to god's word that is one of the big ones that we did previously on the first week when we did this this um part of the six part series it's really intriguing that god really calls a wife to be in his word about the things that he calls her to do and that is to be a helpmeet. And that's one of the things is so missing nowadays is what is a helpmeet. And when we, we did touch that on the first week, but the second week was even better. And that one is a wife who fears the Lord. And that one is really pinpoint what it really means to be an excellent wife. And it was it was so intriguing that a lot of people took the time to listen even though a lot of people were not at home during the holidays. But it was a really, really great time because we have lots of listeners just chime in to hear that broadcast about what it means for the wife to fear the Lord. Now, this week's broadcast is really going to be intriguing. And the main reason why it's going to be intriguing is because this broadcast is going to really touch on something that is being talked about, but it's not in depth. And people talk about it so many times, and then I really, really understand what the word God had to say about it. So we're going to talk about intimacy. And mainly intimacy has so much meaning according to the word of God. And it's from God's word because God really designs intimacy he did design sex and we need to really come to you know not just come to grips about it but to really just come to the to the full circle that god designed intimacy intimacy for marriage for married people it's not for anybody but married people and we're going to talk deeply about that but before we go any further with that, I want to introduce again my beautiful better half because she really brings it home and I really love her more as we get into more in depth into it. And that is my beautiful wife, Tawana. How you doing, baby? I'm doing great. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I hope you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we just want to really get deep in here. So let's just go ahead and uh, just chime into here, into this day here. And I want to talk about this. I want you to go ahead 
And start reading First Corinthians chapter seven verses one to five about that. Can you go ahead and do that? Let's use the King James Version. Okay, so this is the third part in my series, uh, God's Plan for Christian Wives. And um, in this third part, because it's a six-part series, here we have the scripture that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And here it says in King James, Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your inconsistency. Wow. Okay. Mm. That's good. I will tell you why. Now, King, one thing I love about King James Virgin is this. It's direct to the point. And even though a lot of people don't understand old English and don't understand the concepts of old English, you have to really give King James some credit here because of the way that the translation is being brought. But I want to really get a little bit deeper. Let's go to the new King James book. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's just pick some things out here. Okay. So, in verse 2, in the King James, where it said to avoid fornication, mm -hmm. when we read uh, verse 2 in the New King James Version, it says, because of sexual immorality, let mm -hmm. each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Okay. If you don't know what sexual immorality is, you really need to get and get into the word God and start to read it because it has so much in depth in so many ways of talk about sexual immorality. But let's continue yeah. on a little bit. Because that's what fornication was talking about in the King James Version, sexual that, immorality. Exactly. Go a little bit further. Let's go to verse 4, what that really has an impact on that. Okay, so in King James it said, The wife hath not power of her own body. Well, in the New King James, it, it uh, tells us the wife does not have authority over her own body, mm. but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Mm. So that just tells us that neither one husband or wife have authority on, over each other's body, but their own. On, on their own body, but the the but one another the spouse has the spouse has that has that authority absolutely mm -hmm. and let's go ahead and go to verse five okay so in the king james it says defraud ye not one the other and the new king james says do not deprive one another so that's what that's saying mm -hmm. do not deprive one another except with consent for a time 
that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Enough said. Okay, let's pack up and go. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this here has so in-depth, no reasons that we could go into so many other translations, but we're going to go to one more translation. And, and, and I want to pick this up to really bring to the point I'm about to say here. Let's go to the ESV. Let's look at verse 5. Yes, I want to look at verse 5 of that. Hmm. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time mm -hmm. that you may devote yourselves to prayer. But then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Wow. Man. And I'm really in a tree because, you know, with God, he's really trying to tell us as, married, uh, as a couple, as a married couple, that you cannot deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. Now, how many people that really, be honest, has really deprived their spouse of being intimate with one another? I mean, it's a lot of people do that. And it's not just wives doing it as husbands as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know for a fact for me, and I'm saying this because it's a lot of people come across... Um, I broadcast a lot and they really be saying to you know to on the board that when they um, deal with marriage they don't really talk about intimacy they don't talk about it because they, they, they talk about it in a way that it is to be owed to or is a duty but not as something that God calls for a husband and wife to do to become one, to be one. So um, I want to re—I want to go into this a little bit deeper because there's so many things that needs to be talked about when it comes to intimacy. So, baby, what is it that God wants for a married couple to come together as one? The, the way that He designed intimacy to be. Hmm. Well, I have some uh, study notes that I wrote here um, from my study Bible. It says, here are some things to consider. The sex act is a worshipful expression of the love, self-sacrifice, and union of the marriage relationship. Sex should be part of and the result of a loving marriage relationship, not just merely used as a physical release. Mm -hmm. It is not biblical to refuse sex as punishment or use it to gain control. Sex is, de is designed to strengthen a relationship, not harm it. It's to be pleasurable and respectful. The focus is on one another. We should not practice being sexually selfish, forcing the other one to do something they are not comfortable with or unwilling to compromise on the frequency. Mm. Now, let's dig in there's a little bit deeper <laughs> in this because you say a lot and a lot of things that you said it needs to be talked about 
like when you said the sex act is a wor a worship worshipful expression of the love, self sacrifice, and union of marriage relationship. Is that more of die to yourself when it comes to being considered worshiping God when you being one with your spouse? Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to require uh, um, some self-sacrifice, a lot of self-sacrifice on your part because, you know, when you are married, you can't be selfish. I mean, most people, when they are not married, they can't wait to, you know, hop in the bed together. Yeah. You know, and of course, they're doing it for selfish reasons, but when you're married, it shouldn't be for a selfish reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, for one thing, you want to obey God, you want to obey his word, <clears throat> you want to stay within his purpose, and marriage is the only relationship where God allows you that freedom to enjoy something that's so beautiful as sex. Amen. Because he created it, you know, and so it's not that, you know, we should have our minds just focus on the fact that, okay, well, God created sex so that, you know, babies can be born. Right. Well, it's, not, it's more than just having babies. I mean, you're being intimate with this other person nobody else on the face of the earth are you allowed to be that close and intimate with right. and so your the sex act between you and your spouse is an expression of god's love amen so god is loving your spouse through you amen amen because what you're doing you pretty much you let go of yourself when you are acting upon the the um the act of sex but mainly that is sex could be used entirely for the world's benefit and you say something just just a few minutes ago about when you we're not married you want to act upon having sex mm -hmm. but when you get married you feel like it's a a dewy or well, a lot of wives may have that problem with it feeling like a duty i mean especially if you've been married for a while and things are not as exciting it can feel like a duty right you know but um that's that's that right there is not good either yeah it's not good to approach sex that way because god meant for you to enjoy it yeah, yeah. he really did and so you know it's kind of it's it's bad if a wife you know is thinking that you know she's just gonna lay there and just just take it or whatever and the husband he can tell yeah. and it's not enjoyable for him for her to be like that yeah i mean you know we're we should have a a vibrant marriage bed and that's not that's not a vibrant marriage bed to just lay there and just like okay we're gonna go ahead and get this over with because i have to do this no mm -hmm. no 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 because you're trying to build closeness with one another mm -hmm. you know and so no sex is not the only way to do that but that is one of the you know most powerful ways that god has is is through that you know time that you have you know being with one another you know, where no one else is involved, but just the two of you. And so we see that intimacy is a way for husband and wife to bond closer together in a way that they won't be able to with any other person on the face of this earth. You know, that's really powerful to really um, hear that because sometimes, you know, with a husband and a wife, 
bonding time is very key and especially when I'm hearing from when I read from God's word and listen to what God had to say about what it really means no let's go way back into uh, Genesis about when um, uh, um, that a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and become one flesh Mm-hmm. The bonding it's with is is the one flesh there, and that's really key because a lot of times we don't really we think that about having sex or being intimate is all worldly in the body of Christ. But it's something that's really important. I love this part here when he says sex should be part of and the result of a long loving marriage relationship. Not just merely using use it as a physical release. Right. Mm. You know, one of the things us men, and I'm, I'm going to put us men here, even myself. And this is something that God had to deal with me about very, 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 very much. And when I read this before, he was dealing with me with this uh, at that time as well. Is that you can't just, you can't hyper focus on the physical aspect of it. You got to understand that you are one with your wife. You can't be so no, so caught up in the physical one though when you get your release. Right. You can't just it can't just be about you getting your pleasure. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be thinking about your spouse and are you pleasing them. Right. And that's one of the huge things that was going on with me did not understand what intimacy is. I knew about sex. I knew about the stuff, but it was perverted. And I wanted to hyper-focus on that for a second. Is that as men, and especially me, I'm saying for me, I'm not talking about, now if you are a man who never experienced that, good for you. But me, I'm going to tell you this, I never understand what intimacy is because one of the big, huge things was wrong between me being intimate with my wife was that my relationship with God was not right. See, that's the key element there. If you if you not uh, if you don't have a relationship with Christ or have Him as your Lord, you will not have a relationship with the Father. If you don't have a relationship with your Father, you can't be one with Him in order for you to understand how to be one with your wife. I just want to put that caveat in because a lot of people think that intimacy is automatic and it's not automatic it's something that you have to learn from the father about so i want to really put that out there because lots of us men we are physical beings we like to look at things with our eyes and we also want to do things physically because that's part of our fleshly mechanism but you have to get away from the flesh mechanism to really be one with, uh, with father god to understand that his ways and his thoughts is above our own thoughts and his ways is above our own ways. And those things really matter to him that we are intimate with him so we learn how to be intimate with our spouse. So I want to really put that out there so people understand it. Have you seen the um, translation from the Amplified? No, let's read that. I would like to read that. This is pretty good. Go ahead. It says, um, starting at verse one, one through five. Mm-hmm. Now, as the as to the matters of which you wrote, it is good, which is beneficial or advan- uh, 
advantages mm -hmm. for a man not to touch a woman outside of marriage. Mm. But because of the temptation to participate in sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. The husband must fulfill his marital duty to his wife with goodwill and kindness, and likewise the wife to her husband. Mm -hmm. The wife does not have exclusive authority over her own body, but the husband shares with her. <coughs> and likewise the husband does not have exclusive authority over his body, but the wife shares with him. Do not deprive each other of marital rights, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourselves unhindered to prayer, but come together again so that Satan will not tempt you to sin because of your lack of self-control. That's more me and potatoes and dad than anything. I mean, the amplifier don't play. <laughs> I mean, let's look at this a little bit, just a little bit here. And especially in verse 1 here, it says here, and I want to hyper-focus on here, it says, Now as to the matter which you wrote is good, beneficial, and advantages, advantages, I'm sorry, I can't say that word, I'm sorry, but. Advantageous. <laughs> <laughs> right. But for a man not to touch a woman outside marriage keyword outside marriage a lot of, you know a lot of guys a lot of people who, who are believers do go outside their marriage when it comes to this matter and God really needs to God is showing us look at the enemies doing to you you are allowing him to tell you to go outside your marriage to do something you could do within or what if they're not married and they're still doing that that's true still it's still outside of marriage it's still outside of marriage it's fornication you see a lot of people don't want to call it fornication no more you know what they're going to call it all oh, you doing outside marriage you know you have a sex outside marriage fornication is a strong word if you really look at the definition of fornication, it's sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. You are immorally doing something that's sacred to God, just like adultery. When you look at the word outside marriage, it means adultery. But most people just call it a fair. You see that? <laughs> and that's another problem we have. And um, <clears throat> I guess a fair sounds better than adultery. Yeah, it does. It does sound, it sounds like. Why? Well, but think about it with the word affair. It's not really something that will cause you some kind of conviction. It will cause you to, well, I slip up. I mess up. But not really say, oh, my God, I did something totally disgraceful, evil, in the sight of God. You see? In the sight of God and my wife or my, or my husband. It's not really convicting you. It's actually get you in the gray area. And when people say you have an affair. And, you know, affair could be used in different terms. Like, I went and had an affair with a lady down the street. And you sound like, what? Wait a minute, people would go crazy with that. But if you look at it, 
if you look at the Oxford Dictionary, affair is means a man or courtship with a person. And courtship is also means that you are being acquainted to the person. But it's not talking about sex. So that's why when you say the word affair, it's not give you any kind of conviction. But when you say adultery, which is part of the Ten Commandments in God's law, which he still and stays to this day, it's really conviction. They don't want to be convicted. Now, people would call the condemn when someone call you on to that. But it's only it's a conviction. So when you call it affair or something, like that, you're not getting convicted, but when you call it adultery, oh yeah, you're getting convicted because now you have to look at how nasty and evil and wretched you are. Well, I can understand people in the world not getting it, but if you have Christ, yeah, that's what I'm saying. you shouldn't have that issue with the word. No, you shouldn't, but people do. Because, you know, as children of God, we want correction, right? Absolutely. Well, no, we don't really like it, but we need it. <laughs> Yeah. In order for us to, you know, walk in the will of God. Absolutely. So you got to call it what it is. You got to call. See, that's one of the to things. bring you back to your godly senses. Yeah, because people don't want to, to be convicted. They Even the people that buy Christ. See, that's part of the word God is that it brings correction. You should be glad to be corrected if you if you are of, of the body. Because one of the things that even before I was saved, I didn't like being corrected. I don't like people telling me that you doing what you what you're doing is wrong. What you are doing is not of God. What that's you, that's natural, right? Yeah. That's natural. It's that's natural a, to to be that way. Yeah. Adam did it. He did it. He went and blamed God for Eve. You send me this woman. But look at what happened. God still gave him the the, the penalty of what he did. So yeah, when people talk about outside marriage yeah, it is outside. Some people look at if you are not married, it's fornication. But when you are married and you go outside your marriage, it's adultery. They don't want to be convicted. So you have to be able to understand, like you said, those words need to be put in the forefront of, the, of us believers to really know that this is what God means and he's serious about it. That's a forefront thing. We need to really protect it to God. God knows, holds us accountable for that. Let's just a little bit further here. Verse 2, and this is another one that's very powerful. But because of the temptation to participate in sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Now, people will think of the world when they read this, oh, you're trying to make people get married. No, it's for Christians. It's for the believer. This here. The whole Bible is for the believer. Absolutely. It's, it's certainly not for people who aren't children of God. They don't have a, have a way of understanding. They're, they're spiritually dead. How can they understand the Bible? But so see, the Bible's not to the, talking to them. Well, yeah, but when you tell, when you give them this me and potato scenario in the body of Christ, people cringe. Because they think you're trying to tell me to get married. But if you have desires to want to have sex, it says here, let 
each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. To what? So you won't participate and be tempted in sexual immorality, which is fornication. Well, if they're asking questions like that, it sounds like they need to start reading their Bibles. Because it sounds like <laughs> somebody's not reading their Bible. It's a lot of people don't. I mean, they go to church and let the pastor preach at them, preach yeah. to them. Right. But they're not reading. going home and reading for themselves. Right. And that's the problem we have. They're de they dependent on someone else to feed them all the time. Yeah, and see, that's the problem we have in the body crisis. That but only babies need to be have someone feed them. Right. When you grow up in, in the Lord. You know, eventually you got to start holding your own spoon. And you got to know how to make your own meals. Yeah, and drink from your own cup. And eat meat. You got to grow their teeth somehow. Because when you, when you savor the word God, it's so... It tastes so good. The word God tastes so good when you savor it. Well, and, and then we also have the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that helps us. Yeah, and Holy so Spirit. We may not understand everything when we sat down to read. But the Holy Spirit leads us to the truth that we need for us to be able to savor God's word. Yeah. So that is a key element. But I'm, I'm going to really put that out there because um, people get caught up in these words and not really look at God's word authentically they want to leave, they want to look at God's word worldly not spiritually and when you were and that's when it goes back to Romans chapter 2 verse 2 when it said do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so it be fitting and suitable for what service and that service is direct about how you serve God to represent him out here in the world. Because we have to represent him, right? If we don't, we get caught up like the world. So that's one of the things I want to really touch on that because this is this is very key here, especially verse five in the Amplified. And I oh, want yeah. to that is key right here. He said, do not deprave each other. Of marital rights except perhaps by mutual consent for a time so that you may devote yourselves unhindered to prayer but come together against again so that Satan will not tempt you to sin because of your lack of self-control when Paul wrote that and I'm glad that the Amplified kind of bring this out a whole lot more. Paul is really looking at the fact that people out here in the world don't have any self-control. So Satan knows that people don't have self-control. Because he could easily tempt you to sin because of your lack of participation with being bond with one another. That's why God says that at a make a mutual consent for a time a time doesn't mean two or three four years yeah that that right there uh brings you know there's some points that need to be brought up about that mm -hmm. because you have some wives who are so super spiritual and they want to you know i mean yes we all need to pray and you know uh spend time for the lord and you know no um 
there's time for fasting and things like that. But here's the thing. Some wives, you know, Christian wives may try to use that as an excuse mm-hmm. to not engage in sexual activity with their husband. Well, see, they're even violating scripture by doing that when they're missing out on the point that it says here in verse 5, it has to be mutual agreement, right. mutual consent. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you have not um, talked talk it over with your husband mm-hmm. and you both agree to this time to take this time to pray and fast right y'all not any y'all haven't talked about it, you're not in agreement about it now you're using the word as your excuse to disobey God <laughs> you know what that is absolutely true and that right there can cause the husband to 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 feel a, a bad way towards his wife. Now, now I'm not saying that he has an excuse. Right. Absolutely. But but you know, even if if a man's not really spiritually mature yet, mm-hmm. that will make him angry. That she's all it seems like every single time she always wanna you know saying that she it's, it's her time of fasting and and she's praying and so that means I can't touch her. You know, I can't can't be with her. No. Right. Mm-hmm. God sees the heart. He sees her heart. But this goes back to verse 4, though. That a wife does not have exclusive authority over her own body, but the husband. And Well, she has picked up authority. She said, this is my body. <laughs> and I do what I want to do with it. Yeah, you're right. All of a sudden now... She don't have to think about that scripture anymore because this is I, this is something that I want to do. I believe the Lord wants me to do this. Uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Remember that that scripture. Yeah. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Absolutely. So you got to put things in proper perspective. Yes, God wants us to pray and spend time with Him, but you got to keep things in proper perspective. Amen. Amen. And I believe that a lot. And what kind of life? What kind of wife is she being to her husband by acting that way? Yeah, she's being super spiritual, Mm. and the husband can tell it. He can tell, and he's upset with her. (laughs) But she's thinking that he's in the wrong. Yeah, but she is actually doing the wrong herself. It's something about Satan. Satan could tempt us in so many ways to think he could be be acting as a. No angel of light in the matter of trying to tempt the either spouse to not to do God's will. Yes, he can. But in a situation like this, I think that women are more vulnerable mm. to falling for for these lies because yeah. we can, we tend to as wives we can, we may think that something is right, mm-hmm. and we may be totally missing it. That's why I come. You know, we were talking about, you know, last week about, you know, the older women mm-hmm. need to teach the younger women. See, that's the reason why those older women need to be in place to properly teach right. what, it, what, what the Word of God is really saying about these matters. Because you got generations and generations of, of women, they don't know. They don't know the truth and they don't know how to operate in their role properly. So they're just doing it by what they think seems right mm-hmm. and they're ruining their 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 relationships like that they don't even understand it they're looking at the husband and how how wrong he is 
And we're not going to excuse, you know, if the husband has done things that's wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like it says, you know, in Matthew, you know, you got to take the log out your own eye. Yeah. You're looking at the speck in your husband's eye, but you got this big old log in your eye. Right. She's she's missing something. Mm-hmm. And by her missing something, she doesn't realize she's contributing to the to a problem. Yeah, she is a she is a contributor. She doesn't see herself being a contributor, but she is a contributor. Wow, that's heavy. See, I've been there, mm-hmm. so I know what I'm talking about. Amen. But it took me having to, you know, I had to get beside myself, and I had to really, really, really let let God just show me. You know, through just just constant prayer and studying the word and and, and listening to older, wiser women, not just older women, but why biblically wise women. Right. They have to be biblically wise. We don't we don't just go to somebody just because they're older. Right. <laughs> or they've been with been walking with the Lord fifty some odd years. Well, you could be walking with the Lord fifty some odd years, and you know, according to that's what you think, but. You're not necessarily walking with the Lord according to the word. <laughs> well, see, we don't need advice from people like that. Yeah. Because they're just wise in their own eyes. Oh, that's But they're a... not wise according to God's word. You know what Because they don't means. know his word. They're not living according to his word. So mm-hmm. they really can't instruct you in biblical wisdom when they don't know it themselves. You know, it's so amazing when you said that they think they're wise in their own eyes. It goes back to Proverbs where you talk about food. They think they're wise in their own eyes. God brought that out. A fool would think that they are wise. But, well, I mean, you have a lot of people, they say because they're older, it's all of a sudden now they're they're privileged to be able to speak to people and speak into their lives. But there's some qualif- there's other qualifications besides just your age. Right. You stopping at the age part, but what about the other stuff? Like you got to be spiritually mature. True. And being spiritually mature has not, it doesn't mean because of the number of years you've been going to church. <laughs> what have you been going to church so for so long and you still at baby stage? Hey Amen. Wow. Well, you have missed the qualification. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. To be but able that's to go funny. and try to tell somebody else what to do. <laughs> right. You got all this mess going on in your life. You haven't even successfully um no no learn how to uh be married biblically you Uh, haven't even done that yourself so i mean you just can't really like (laughs) give advice right yeah no that you really don't have to give you don't have it to give because it's not working for you (laughs) if it's not working for you you can't help somebody else oh lord you're gonna help them be miserable like you but you're not gonna (laughs) help them to be in god's will yeah and then you know it's sad we got enough dried up prunes (laughs) you know that girl you 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 something else y'all love you so much we say that that is absolutely true because uh, I'm, I know, I know it's comical, but I'm being serious. I don't let any and everybody speak it to my life. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care how old you are. If you ain't coming at me with biblical truth, I'm just, my, my ears are closed. I mean, you're talking, but I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. And I that should be the wise to everybody that you don't, you know, with people who say they are very, who older and they always trying to throw that in your face, but you notice that they are, they are so caught up doing that in your face that they older but they never 
really break, show any fruit of them being mature to give you some wisdom. Because they're haughty. Yeah. That's they're being right. haughty. That's just pride, puffed up pride. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of people Thinking act like that. Thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. Yeah. No, there's no humbleness in it at all. Yeah. None. And that's where you have so many differential individuals get caught up in the, I, I've been walking with the Lord for so many years, but they have no fruit, no power, and nothing to really get anything out of them. <laughs> They have to define, be able to properly define walking with the Lord because going to church is not the same thing as walking with the Lord. Baby, that's so they don't even know the definition of walking with the Lord. I know, and uh, I I shake my head when I see older men in the church look like dried up, wasting flesh. Literally not giving God any credit for them even being there. Just, just like if you go to them and say, "I want to know what your opinion about being a a a, a, a godly husband," they could tell you nothing. They complain about their wives, then they not giving any credit to God about nothing. Or they'll try to tell you to, you know, just just. You know, let her do her thing and stay out of her way. Well, and they make her happy. Yeah, that's not good either. <laughs> that's the worst thing you could say. And I heard a lot of guys at church did that. They would say, man, look, look, let's let her do her thing and and we we you know you we just let her be happy. Where is the the uh what is where's God the biblical in, roles at? Yeah. What is your role as a husband? What's your role as a wife? What is your role what's guy at? It sounds like he's scared to walk in his role. You know, for me to hear that growing up as a man from guys that went to church. Now let me let me put this out here. When I was when I wasn't right with God, as a young man going to the barbershop before Sunday, you hear Deacons, pastors, ministers, talking like that. They are, let, let her have a role. No, she's the first lady. She, let her have a role. Let her have her, let her do her thing. I, no, once she's happy, happy wife, happy life. Hear that all the time. And you look at them. That's not in the Bible. I never see it. And I'm not saying, I'm hearing that. I said, wait a minute, that's not right with God. And I'm supposed to say that saying that that's not right. And they tell you if a person who's not saying you're supposed to be the light and you're supposed to be the salt and you're supposed to be representing and be the ambassador of Christ. What are you telling me? I'll let your wife do what she want to do. And you're not even being a man to be in your role to lead you home. So basically, they're interpreting in Ephesians chapter 5 when it's said to wash her with the word that it means to just stay out of her way and let her do it. That's not, uh-uh. It's, it's crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's why you, you wonder where we got all this backwards theology coming from. Where all this crap coming from. It's coming from people not really reading the word and allow the Holy Spirit to guide them. They're preaching their feelings. Absolutely. And they preaching what grandmama and them told them and all that stuff. <laughs> and the motherboard, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, but they're not preaching what's exactly, you know, from God's word. Mm-hmm. Being under the Holy Spirit, learning yeah. from him 
about everything. What, what these what these things mean? I mean, we got all these study tools and stuff. I mean, grandma and them ain't the study tools. <laughs> yeah, and uh, grandma I mean, and mom and them and whoever else they don't they not they they not our concordance our Bible concordance and dictionary of biblical terms and yeah. all of that you know I mean they they have their own commentaries. <laughs> we cannot base what we <laughs> believe from the Word of God based on what people of the past said. Mm-hmm. And that's unless, what, unless they were deep in the word, that, you know, studying themselves, we can't listen to that. But if, but if you have a person who's deep in the word like that, they will go back to the word from what they learn. They're always going to go back to what they learn from themselves if they were deep in the word. I'm sorry, but <clears throat> I learned for someone, Vody, Vody Bachman, Dr. Vody Bachman, Bachman, he's made a, a huge statement. He said, I never refer to anyone that I have learned from that never really pick up the Bible and learn from themselves. And what he means is this. He said that he never go to someone that never done anything that the Bible had to say or even experience it or refer back to it. See, you got to go back to what you learn how to be what God called you to be. You got to go back to his word. That's what the Holy Spirit is supposed to let you do. Instead of learning from people who in their feelings. Absolutely. About what they feel the word says. Right. Because what, they, what they interpreted from their own life experience. Exactly. And he said that that's what's wrong with people who practice emotionalism. And when you practice emotionalism, you're not going to be in the word. You're going to go by your feelings. You're going to feel a certain way. And then you never give you never go back to the word. And that's really the the huge major elephant in the room. Is that nobody going back to the gods. Well, are you literally of him? When you go to his word and find what he has to say about these things. Everything God said in the word is everything about life in general that we try to fight every day and try to face every day is going is in his word. Yeah, and even if our lives does not, you know, pan out the way, you know, we believe it should or it's not, you know, the ideal way that God would have it to be, we still can't look at his word through those lenses because Mm -hmm. no matter if our, our, no matter how our lives have gone, we still have to hold on to the truth of God's word and stick and stick with that. We need to accept his truth for what it says and not try to change the Bible to fit our circumstance. Right. And that's the problem. Our circumstance may not be idea. It may not be what he, you know, would have it to be. Mm -hmm. But we can't change the word of God because of that. We still need to hold his word as the truth for what what it says. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We need to agree. Yeah, we on do. what his word says, even though our situation does not look like that. Absolutely. Because, see, for us to try to to, to, to do it opposite of that, mm-hmm. we're, trying to, we're changing the word now to fit us. Yeah. We're we bringing do. God down to our level and, and not, and not you know, letting him you know, be, be God who he is. Absolutely. He, he's the heavenly father. And that's what we need, the heavenly father. He's, he knows more about everything about life more than we do. Yeah, he's, he's the creator <clears throat> of the universe. Absolutely. And we need to really consider him more instead of try to consider ourselves. 
that's where we don't God be true and every man a liar including ourselves that's when you die to self that's why I love when you said self-sacrifice on this part here but let's continue on here is here where you said it is not biblical to refuse sex as punishment or use it to gain control wow and a lot of people men and women do this all the time baby they do this all the time they use sex as a punishment or to uh, to gain control over each other. What can you touch a little bit on that for a second? And what do you think about that when you when you put this out here? What you was talking about on that matter? Well, um, I know like sometimes you have situations with wives <coughs> where you know some wives they'll you know say that well. If he doesn't, you know, do certain things for me, then why should I? Why should I give him sex? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you married this man, right? That was part of the deal. Why are you gonna just go and change the rules mm -hmm. just because you don't like what's <coughs> going on? Mm -hmm. You can't just go and do that. You see, now you are controlling. You're trying to control and manipulate the situation. Right. Yeah, I see that. And that I, is that is unbiblical according to this to the scriptures. It is. Um, I I when you try to uh, use sex to gain control or to punish someone, it's really you being demonic. Mm -hmm. Because what you're doing is almost like, and I'm putting this out here. People will probably write emails. I don't care about it, but I'm, but I'm gonna say it. It's almost like you are it. it you if if you perverted. Uh, the the intimacy into porn, and and well, this, in a, in in that situation, it's like the wife <clears throat> is trying to act like the husband has done something like that. You know that he's like gone outside of the marriage and had you know he committed adultery or something like that, or you know he's involved in you know you know uh, pornography or something like that, and so she she may try to use a situation. Like it's that severe, mm -hmm. but it's not. I mean, like she just does, you know. She, you know, is having a um, had a fallout with him or something, or you know, some type of tension is going on between the two of them, and she's, you know, using the silent treatment, treatment or whatever to, um, you know, get back at him. Right. I mean, you can't be, <coughs> can't can't treat it treat it like it's that severe like that. And and I, I mean that's the thing. That's where the older women need to come in and show but that shows the woman's immaturity to do something that's like my that. point that's my point and that's why the older women should if they wise to come in and say this is the immature act you're doing mm -hmm. and you we need to pray and ask the lord for guidance so you can understand what you're doing it's not mature it's almost like she's presenting herself like a like a whore or something right my point that's my point I'm really like, like she's for sale yeah like you go out there to pay pay a, a, a sales price to a person that want to probably for sex and that's not biblical when, when, but she's doing it with her husband, and that's she, not good. Right. She's well, doing, until you deserve this, you ain't getting that. You know what? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of women do that, and you're wondering why marriages go into divorce, and because people are really immature of learning to to understand their roles are in the marriage itself. You don't need to depray either or of man or woman. Oh, no matter what, no matter how you look at it, how you feel about it, you don't deprave them on it. 
So what if the husband did that to the wife? You know, say, well, until you become the perfect wife, the perfect mother, the perfect um, uh, homemaker, or whatever. What if he did that to her? I'm gonna tell you. What. If he did all of that to her, you know, saying that to her until you become these things, and I won't touch you. I won't be interested in you. She would be crushed. She would destroy. You destroy this woman because you think that she is no good. Well, that's you. what a wife is doing to a husband yeah. when she does that. Mm. You cannot try to <clears throat> wait for him to become this perfect man, this perfect lover, or whatever it is that she's wanting. Right. You can't. She can't do that because that would be the be just like him doing that to her. Exactly. Now, my men went and ladies and gentlemen, here he is. And here's the pivot point on this. Look, nobody is perfect. You can't have a perfect husband or a perfect wife. Neither one of y'all not going to get this right. So you cannot hold punch them for something that they cannot fit your expectations. See? And all of us are guilty of this. We try to fit expectations because of the world's standard. But you got to look at God's standard. God never expects us to do things that is going to be totally against his will. He wants to do his will. And extend grace to one another. Th that's my point. That's the standard. God give us grace. We should too. And, and we need to really look at that. God give us grace for a reason. Because he, he loves us. Mm -hmm. And husband and wives, you know, they're lovers. Right. And so this is, you know, to, to act, to just act that way would be, it would really just mess up your love life with one another. It does. It does. To be, to be acting in that matter. Because, I mean, <laughs> you want to get back to the way you were when you first fell in love. Well, yeah. you, you can have that, you can have that, you know, going on in your life for years and years and years. You could be married 20, 30 years and still have that feeling yeah, because if you work at it. But if you are trying to <laughs> do all this stuff, you know, that's just not going to do anything but sabotage that, that um, love between the two of you. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's why you have to understand about sex you you pick you said way to this when you said sex is designed to strengthen a relationship mm -hmm. not harm it yeah you're supposed to be growing in your love for one another you're supposed to continue to enjoy each other yeah enjoy each other the way you did when you first got together this is this right here should bring some kind of comfort not just conviction but a peace of mind about what it really looks like to be in a relationship with a person that you love. I mean, sex is designed to strengthen that. I mean, the when you're intimate with the person, and I'm talking about biblical, biblical stand, a biblical perspective here, not the world's way, but biblically. When you're intimate with the person, you are Showing that person how much you love them. But not only that, you are building a huge, powerful bond. Because when I hear marriages, and some people say, well, you don't understand that there are people who be married long doesn't mean that they have a good relationship. Let's just think about that for a second here. Some marriages, not all, who have long-lasting marriages, some of them. Usually, to me, that I've seen so far, has a foundation. 
and it's solid as a rock. And that foundation is one of them I always hear. It's not sex. It's not sex at all. It's God. Mm -hmm. And when you have God as your foundation in the marriage, then the rest of the whole uh, whole relationship between you two will grow on that rock. Yeah, because you're going to be growing in stages. Mm -hmm. You're going to have different seasons in your marriage. Absolutely. You know, you're going to have your good season. You're going to have your bad season. You're going to have your winter, spring, summer, fall. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have all of that going on. <laughs> you know, it's not going to always be pretty. But still, you know, you don't have to um, allow your love to grow cold. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, you know, as a wife, we have to be responsible for ourselves. We cannot just try to, you know, make sure you're doing your part. Our husbands, you know, make sure that the husband is doing their part. We need to be focused on our part and doing that. Despite no matter what the husband is doing, we need to make sure we're doing our part. Because, you know, I can tell you that um, not doing her part, it it will play a huge um, part in, in, in things going south. Yeah. In the marriage and stuff, it will. <clears throat> if she's constantly focusing on him and she's taking her eyes off herself, mm-hmm. then she is she is she's not she's getting away from God. Yeah, right. And husbands, I'm gonna say this, you know, pay study your wife, study her. You know, I, I'm telling you, the more you learn about your wife, the better you become, more intimate with her. I'm just being honest with you because one of the things I someone told told me years ago and even now thinking about it more and more when you learn your wife your spouse especially your wife you learn things about her that even her own family don't know because the more you are intimate with her the more you be close with her that foundation we just talked about previously becomes more more to build on years to come and you could pass this down to your kids your grandkids to the next generation further because what you did was you have broken a generational curse that could have bestowed into the family that never probably was never established from the previous generation but you doing this because you know in god you could trust him you could trust him with you with your wife and with your family and that right there could bring more on um, how the marriage is going to last longer in your life. That's why I want to really put pick up because here's something else you always have said too, it is to be pleasurable, uh, pleasurable and respectful, and that is true when it comes to being intimate. It's supposed to be pleasurable and respectful because you are you are pleased with them. It's no one else that you want to go outside for it because they already have what you are you want. You have that you want desire. To be, want to be intimate and unashamed, and <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and part of that bonding with one another, you're showing you're showing total acceptance of them. Right, absolutely, and that's the beautiful thing about it: the acceptance of each other. It doesn't matter of them being like go back to what we said previously to be perfect. They don't right. have to be perfect. They are. What God have called them. And here's something the last with, thing they need is to be compared to someone else. Absolutely. 
And here's the thing that people miss, baby. And this is something people do. Some people think that, and a lot of people don't think about this. Some people really think that God has, you know, God will bring the person to them. You know, like, you got single people, I hear them all the time. I always, you know, especially in churches, especially women in the church, talking about, I am looking for a husband. But they want them to be uh, conform into being comfortable and have a guy to be so perfect. But I know something about God that I love. God will never bring you someone to be conformed to you. He always going to bring something that will be against. And I will tell you why I said this. With God, like us, me and you, you and I are totally different in a lot of ways. Now, what sense would it be for God to bring us together to be alike? Now, we will have a likeness because that we, we are becoming one when we get married. No, that's how the, the we become like one another. But before then, we always get caught up and want someone to be like us and never look at the fact that God don't want you to be anything like that person that you want. He wants a, a totally different opposite person. And the main reason why is to grow you. Because remember, we talk about marriage as a ministry. Yeah, marriage is not to make you happy. Right. Yeah. Marriage is there to help you be holy. Let 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 my wife repeat that one more time. Repeat that one more time, boo boo. Marriage is not designed to make us happy. Mm -hmm. It's to make us holy. Woo! So you're gonna have this other person in your life that is going to that God is going to use to stretch you and help you to grow spiritually. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You're going to have to learn how to love a sinner because that person is learning how to love a sinner who is you too. Enough said. Now I'm not. I'm not. Don't no, no, misunderstand because. Right. Right. You know, if if you both of you are saved, I'm not calling you a sinner in that sense. But you know that even even though um, even after salvation, we know we're not perfect. Right. We're still going to fall short of the glory of God. Amen. But a lot of people don't want to just accept that. A lot of people are looking for that idol. But you are idolizing the person. not God. And you're not giving God, give it to God and allow God to not just bring them. But our whole but lives, so. our whole lives is a walk of faith. You know, once we receive Jesus Christ in our, you know, as our Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. our whole life from that point on, you know, we, we are walking, you know, by faith day by day. Amen. From glory to glory, right? Right. And so, you know, if 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 it was meant for it to be easy for us, we would have just died after having, you know, accepted the invitation. But we're still here, <laughs> and there's a reason why we're still here. So, and and we're gonna go through all types of trials and tribulations and things because our faith muscles have to be strengthened. Well, in marriage, mm -hmm. there's some things about you that you don't know about yourself. And it will be revealed in marriage. Mm. A lot of people don't understand that. Things about you that you really didn't realize about yourself is going to come out in marriage. I love that. I love that. I love what you said that. Things about you that you never know about yourself will come out in marriage. And that's what I think that a lot of people don't want to get married. They don't want to be married because a lot of people in the body of Christ, I don't want to because be married. Because they have to grow? They have to grow. And God will reveal to them 
who they really are. Because sometimes, you know, you think you're the nicest person on the face of the earth. Mm. Would never do anybody any wrong. And then you all of a sudden you get married and you see a side of yourself you never notice. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that's what I said. Well, maybe you don't see it, but your spouse brings it out and they, they tell you about it. You're like, oh, no, I'm not like that. But see, that's, when, <laughs> oh, that's where the body of Christ, the older, wiser woman of God will come in and reveal that too. Yeah. Because she, she'll be able to see into the situation since she's not emotionally involved in it. Right. She'll be able, she'll be on the outside looking in, of course, but then she can stand there and she can she can see because she can, you know, remember probably some things that she's gone through or mm. things that, you know, she's, you know, seen and experienced mm -hmm. through maybe her discipling other younger women or something. Right. 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 And that's really the key because marriage is one thing about being one with one another has a whole lot to do with the the, the 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 realness of who the person is inside because remember God is changing the heart of the person when you marry. A lot of the things that people talk about, well, um, and this is really sad in, in, in you know, how marriages are today. That they always talk about, well, I'm looking for my soulmate. We talked about this on the previous broadcast before, talking about that people want to look for their soulmate and things like that. But God never called for a soulmate. He never really gets you to seek a soulmate. He wants you to seek him, and he, he like he like like God did with Adam. He made Eve and bring Eve to Adam. Same thing with God would do with you. And I sit here thinking about it, and I'm, I'm, I keep looking at people. You need to embrace what you what you chose, because you can't go around and thinking, oh man. I made the wrong choice. I made the wrong right choice, right. No, once you married that person, they that are the right, right choice. choice for you. <laughs> Man, I want to say that because I'm looking here with my with my, what Tawan wrote here. So about the focus is on one another. And when you said we should not practice being sexual selfish, folk, folks forcing the other to do something they are not comfortable with. Or unwilling to compromise on the frequency. That is powerful. And um, yeah, before we um, close the broadcast, I did want to um, bring up a point mm -hmm. that is um, an issue with with wives because it's becoming um, very common. You know, more and more common in this day and age. You know, you usually would hear that. Um, that the husband is normally the one that um, you know wants the frequency and things like that, and um, you know the wife she's really not no she's not she doesn't have a high sex drive. Mm -hmm. Well, we're 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 living in a time where it's starting to change. Well, it's been changing for quite some time, but you're starting to hear about it more and more and more. Where you'll have a wife complain that she has the higher sex drive than the husband. Mm -hmm. And and she's confused because oh that's all you keep hearing at church and anybody that ever talks about it they keep talking about the husband being the one with the higher drive and then you have these wives out here and they're confused well why come my situation seems different mm -hmm. so and I know that you and I we talked about that you know before and, and um and so that's why I wanted to bring that point out is that 
wives have to be very, very, very careful mm-hmm. with their men. Because, you know, when you think about a, a wife, you know, she, she's supposed to be his helpmate. Mm-hmm. And God expects for her to, you know, in her service to him, the way she loves him. She has to be very careful how she's doing that. I know when we were talking about uh, traits mm-hmm. of the excellent wife, the previous week we had talked about ways that a wife can be a help me. And there were some things here that um, I didn't get, get to share, but this needs to be uh, noted. Mm-hmm. Because these stuff like this can cause a man to really not to to really start to lose desire for his wife which may be the may, may be causing the problem where it seems like he she he has a low sex drive she has a higher one now we're not saying now we're going we're counseling out that you know this is not a situation where if the husband was having an affair or addicted to pornography or something like that right. we're not talking about situations like that right we're talking about if that's not the situation or he has like a medical problem so we're not talking about those things we're just talking strictly about him just for some reason, he doesn't desire intimacy with his wife. Mm-hmm. And none of those are the reasons why. Right. So here are some things that a wife need to consider. Um, how does she talk to him? Does she talk to him like he's a, like he's a kid? You know, like mm-hmm. he's like like a two or three year old. Yeah. Well, he acts like that. Well, but still, why, why would you talk to him like that? Right. He's a man. He needs respect. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, when you were dating, you had respect for him. You, <laughs> you didn't talk to him in and every kind of way. Yeah. And so you have to continue that on in marriage. You can't talk to him in and every kind of way just because of how you feel. You are letting your feelings dictate how you act with him. Mm-hmm. And that's not even biblical. True. Because God never told us to live by our feelings. No. No. Never did. So that's something that, you know, like when you were talking about earlier, choosing to die to yourself. She has to die to her. She had to stop getting in her feelings. Yes, you know, women, we're emotional beings and things like that. But we do not have to be ran by our feelings. Especially if we plan on being a biblical woman. Yeah. You just can't do that. Yeah. You know, so... You know, things like, you know, condemning him, just just constantly reminding him of his faults and past failures and shortcomings. No man needs to constantly hear that. No. Because she wouldn't want her husband constantly doing that to her. And believe me, she's got some. Lots of them. She's got some, too. Everybody has something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's got some short and, and I mean... I know, like, well, a lot of a lot of times with the with wives and mothers, you know, we have what they call mommy guilt. You know, we always feeling that we haven't done enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, what if the husband kept constantly saying, you know, um, you're not a good wife, you're not a good uh, mother, mm-hmm. you don't do this, you don't do that, like so and so so so. It would destroy her. Exactly. So a, a woman, has, a wife, has to consider that with her husband that he don't need to be. You know, you don't you don't need to to kick him when he's down, because of, because not because most of the time, the things that she's saying, he already knows those things. He's probably already felt those things. He don't need her coming and telling him 
what he already knows and feels. He don't need that. He needs a, a an encourager. Right. He needs his wife's encouragement. Amen. He needs her support. Amen. You All know, right. um, she needs to uh, praise his strengths <clears throat> and efforts. Whenever he makes a wise decision, she needs to 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 make it a point of of thanking him and praising him. Amen. You know, bringing that out, like, honey, I'm 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 really really proud of. Of, of whatever it is that he did I don't care if it's something small mm-hmm. thank you thank you honey that you know you you take care of us you know by going out and working every day thank you that you make sure that you know we're safe you know in our in the home every night mm-hmm. you know if he goes and makes sure you know everything is, is good around the house things like that just what she can find something to praise him for yeah because he needs to hear it he do he, he do. needs to hear it Mm-hmm. He needs to know his girl is on his side. She's there for him. Amen. I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, by a man, oh, my God. In this day and age, the way that the society already put men down and call it toxic. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Call male you know, uh, toxic masculinity and making the man feel like he's nothing. He's, he, can't come, he don't want to come home and feel double whammy. He don't. He don't want to feel the double portion from his wife. He needs that support from her. And a lot of guys don't understand. Back to the Bible, God said it's not it's not suitable for a man to be alone. I will make a help me suitable for him. That's key because that man needs a helper. Go team, baby. Um, some other things. Um, she should work with him instead of against him. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the arguing and fussing at him about stuff because she don't like the way it's done. She needs to work with him. She may not like the way c- certain things are done, mm-hmm. but he's the head of the household. Yeah, he is. The, and if it's if it's not blatant blatant sin, mm-hmm. you know, she she needs to get over herself. Right, right. She really needs to get over herself because. She has his last name. It's his family. Yeah. And she needs to give him room to, you know, run the household and the family the way he, he thinks is best. And if she sees that, you know, that, that you know, maybe he's making some mistakes, then she needs to go to God in prayer about that. She really needs to go to God in prayer about that. Yeah. And I know for me, talking with an older, uh, you know, spiritually mature woman about certain matters. She was, you know, I was able to get a different perspective about some things that I thought was wrong, and then come to find out it was nothing wrong with it at all. I just needed to change the way I thought in my perspective. And Amen. believe me, it made a world of a difference. Amen. Because I was able to see it in a different light, and when I was able to see things in a different light, I changed my attitude. That's amazing. That's amazing. That is amazing because I believe when you get wisdom from God with the confirmation from another person who's who's in that, who probably, like you said, went through the same thing that you going going through the same, went through the same thing that you are currently was currently going through at that time, show you something different about what you're feeling and knowing for a fact that your attitude was not right. And God had to reveal it through that through that woman of God about that. And people need to really 
Yeah, because you're showing him, you are showing your husband, you are not willing to follow him. Yeah. And he and how can a person lead if they don't have a follower? They they can't. You know, I'm and sorry, so it's can. like you're you're telling him that he's a failure at leading. Yeah. That's what you're telling him, and he doesn't need he doesn't need to hear that. No, he don't. He I'm, does not need you to constantly remind him that he's a failure. He's probably been feeling like he like he don't know how to lead. Well, you're supposed to be his helpmate. Amen. And that's not helping. Amen. That is not helpful to him. Wow. Wow. You're right. I see. It's it's really. It it kind of you know as you know when you start to grow more in God, you start to see more men becoming more emasculated because of that. A lot of people are like, whoa, Cleaver, that's heavy. Yeah, it's true because. When a man don't have his wife at his corner, he will go into a, a, an emotional roller coaster ride and literally become something out of his role. Yeah. A, a lot of men don't. A lot of men will wonder why am I acting like I can't have? No, I'm not in control, and they're gonna go outside God to trying to get control. And they're going to do everything in their feelings to gain control in their family, which it will become abuse. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of people don't understand. It's not. I'm not saying it's all on the wife, but it's also on him, too, how he carries it. But in the same time, she could contribute to it. Yeah, because the more she encourages him and says good things to him, you know, even in those times when he's feeling you know some doubt about himself and his role and you know what he is, is supposed to do a, a kind encouraging word from him can can help him to grow it really can because it's just like you know if he you know just just a just a simple decision that he made and it may seem like, you know, oh, that's, it's really not all that important. But just for her to encourage him and say, you know, you did a great job. I really, really appreciate, you know, you did so-and-so, so-and-so, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it seems like it's something just insignificant. When she does that, it, it, it makes him so happy. It makes him want to do more. Absolutely. And if she keeps practicing that mm -hmm. and, keep, and just, just keep, keep sewing into him that way by saying kind, encouraging words... He will continue to try, you know, to do do more things. Yeah, it'll make him really go beyond himself. I, I so let's just well, say he he has he 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 works at a job. He really doesn't make that much money. Let's say he works at let's say uh I'll just pick something. He works at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And of course he has a family, you know, to take care of. And his wife, you know, she shouldn't be sitting there complaining because you know he doesn't make that much money. You know, to take care of the family, they can't barely, you know, make it and things like that. That right there will crush him. He's yeah. doing the best he can. Yeah. He already feels bad. That he, that he, you know, he probably already feels bad that that's all he's doing. But if she keeps encouraging him that, thank you, honey, that you out, you go out there and you bust your butt and work hard for this family, that may make him start to think about doing more things. Yeah. You never know where that, where his mind may go next. You know, I, he may start thinking, you know, maybe I need to pick up a second job or 
or maybe if he needed to uh, go back to school or something, he may just start thinking of things all because she's encouraging him, not discouraging him, encouraging him, showing him that, baby, I'm on your side and I am proud of you no matter what. Right. Right. Instead of her being discontent, she's grateful because she because her her husband is not the meal ticket. Her trust belongs in the Lord. Amen. It's because of the Lord that they're able to make it day by day. I, I wow. So that's where her trust and her trust in this does not need to be in her husband and the kind of job he has. It needs to be in the Lord. Because she's putting too much pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Why would she put that kind of pressure on her man like that? That's true. That's so true. That's not going to make him thrive. No. It's going to make him, uh, you know, digress. He's going to regress. He's going to regress. He's going to regress to the point. What's the point? He will feel that way because he don't think that. He'll he, be like a little boy. Mm-hmm. A little boy like well is me and he will not want to go further the only way he would go further is say you look now that you would say look he'll say man i can see goodness in you what you do you could do a lot of things if you put your mind to it i see it and if you do that you will go further that's exactly what we do with our son i mean our son you know you know with him with special needs and everything else we encourage him we encourage yeah. him a lot, and you know what he does. He does. Our son goes beyond the scope that we ever thought about, and I be sitting there be amazed. I be amazed about how he does things. So that's you're right. Encourage a man. Yeah, because like I told you before, you know, early in our marriage, I don't care if you were just out there cutting grass. Mm-hmm. You know, during the the time of the year where you know. You know people cut grass and stuff if that's all you have for work then i would be grateful no i would be grateful that you are doing that because at least you're not sitting around the house i know and i will continue to encourage encourage you in that because there's no there's no telling what that would grow into it may grow into a business amen yeah you know, I pump you up so well that you start thinking of all kind of ideas and stuff. <laughs> you know, legitimate ideas yeah. of things to do. Right. You know, to take care of your family. Amen. And so that's what wives need to do. They need to work with their husband instead of against them. Amen. Um, if she's been leading, here's another one, and this is a real biggie. If she's been leading the marriage and the family, she needs to step back from controlling these areas of their lives. She needs to hand over hand over those reins back to her husband. He is the head, not her. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. we're talking about intimacy here, right? <laughs> she's getting it, she's getting outside of her role because she don't like how things are done. Mm-hmm. And see the thing about women, you know, yeah, we may try to step in and control everything, but even in the process of doing that, we get tired and we get mad at because we don't want to keep doing it. Amen. We start fussing, you know, you why you don't do this and blah, and see, because you need you need to step back and give and give it give the reins back to him. Amen. And learn to be content and get back in your lane, get back in your role. Mm. God told you to help, not run stuff. Yeah. He did not tell you to run things because you got this picture and this idea of of the of the of the perfect life and how you want to look. 
Yeah, that's it. That's been a contentious. That's going to be covetous, right? If yeah. you do that. Yeah, and she's turning into a contentious wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: With that, she's not. She's not content. She's being contentious. Yeah. Which is an argumentative person ready to fight. <laughs> yeah. See? No, because she because she's not satisfied with what's going on. Because I mean, what? Why is she trying to show family members and friends how well off they are? I mean, what? What is it that she's? Why? Why is she so discontent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's shamed of their family. Why? Because she's allowing outside people to dictate and tell them how it should be. Is she watching too much TV? I mean, what's going on? Where is she getting this idea? Yeah. That their lives ought to look a certain way. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. The, I've seen the happiest couples that I have seen is are the ones who that they, they work together. They have they they are both working um, towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may be, and a lot of times they they not caring what other people think. Yeah, they are so totally different from everyone else because that's their house, that's their family, that's their life. They not trying to be like somebody else. Yeah, if other people don't like it, who cares? They don't care that other people don't understand or like how they live. They are happy and content. Right. Those are the happiest couples. Amen. They work together very well. I know that. I noticed that. And not only they work very well with each other like that. Here's the thing that's really amazing about it. They literally live life together without nearby telling them, hey, you should be doing this. They look at them and say, and you're not in our family. Yeah. The man would step up and say, who do you think you are coming in trying to tell us how to live life? And we doing just fine without you. Yeah. A lot of men would do that. Let that man do that. If, if I mean, Let me put this out here. Ladies, and I'm, I'm saying this as a man. Let your husband protect your family. And let me, let me, re, let me put this in a perspective like this. Man wants to protect the family if you allow him to. You can't go in and try to say, well, baby, uh, yeah, 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 no. Yeah, go ahead, do that. But, you know, and trying to interrupt him from saying uh, to do his duty as a protector. Let him protect the family. You don't need to come in and count uh, punch anyone else. He do the punching. And micromanage. And micromanage and trying to tell, oh, yeah, this is the way we should do it. No, let him protect the family. Yeah, because she got to learn to adapt to him. Right. She marry him. She got to learn to adapt to him. Enough said. She see. She, she's not adapting to no other man in, his, in that, that man's ways. This is her husband. She. This is the person she chose. She has to embrace the person that she chose. That's she right. did not make a mistake. Right. Once you married, that is not. A, that's no longer a mistake. Right. Right. Amen. And that marriage is that that marriage is of God now. <laughs> so that's who you got to look to, and and run to. Well said. In order for that marriage to 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 um, be what it what it needs to be, yeah, it's time for you to grow now. And and this goes for people who are. And I'm gonna say this because there'll be some people who are single listen to this broadcast. But also, we want to reiterate: marriage is for two people who's involved, not one but two. Not even if you are involved with a person. 
that you're fornicating. That's not marriage. That's just, I'm going to just reiterate this because some people will go on and say, well, we act like we're married. No, act of it and being married is two different things. You got a lot of people will come in and say, we married. But you have not went to the courthouse, got you a marriage license and go in front of God and a minister and give your vows to the Lord. That's not, we, we didn't do none of that, that you're not married. That's not marriage. And nobody recognizes you as married. Right. Even IRS will not recognize you as married. So you can't go around because you think you've been together for so long that you are married. No. You are not married. I just want to say that because so many people will come and they'll apply these, these principles that we give them and try to use it. And they're not even in the right, in the right lane. They on the other side of the highway. Well, yeah, they have things in their heart they need to make right with the Lord because a lot, a lot of times, <laughs> they want to claim that, but then like say we have a situation and stuff like say they need some government assistance. Oh, they're gonna go and claim they're single <laughs> to get that assistance. Right. All of a sudden now. I'm a single parent. Yeah. Oh, really? But you just argue with somebody else that in the eyes of the Lord that you and that person that you shacking up with is married. Mm. But when you want to go out here and use the system, you single. Yeah. You want to use the system to get all kinds of assistance. You lying. <laughs> God doesn't see that. Yeah. Don't tell me he understands. People today. You got to check your heart now. It's a heart you issue. You got to check your heart. Yeah. Yeah, I just want, and the main reason why we wanted to say that because we get so many uh, single people coming in who claim that, literally. And they want to put all these out there and wonder why it's not working. Uh, because you're not even married. This is for married people who. Well, you're outside of the will of God. Yeah. You are all the way outside. You want God to do something for you, but you outside of his will. But people do that, boo. They do that every time. I know you got some more on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it just... <sighs> I just don't want to see people have to continue to make more problems for themselves. Me too. I'm saying it's, it's just heartbreaking because God loves us. He, he loves us. And all he asks us to do is obey him. I, what's so hard about that? You got people that ask for more than that. <laughs> and this, it will stress you out. <laughs> you, know, you know, like the demands of work and the demands of people. They all, God is simple. Just obey. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's, that, that's how simple is that? I don't see. I don't. I, I, but anyway, um, here's just a couple more things um, to consider, too. Um, showing interest in things that he likes to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's amazing. It's a really amazing thing to say that. Um, I had this one friend. He, he told me. Uh, he, and him and his wife do a lot of stuff together, literally. So they're like friends. They're friends, lovers, you name it. They so love she... 
basically does stuff with him that he exclusively likes mm -hmm. she may not she may not really like the activities or whatever but yeah. she does it just to be with him right yeah and i know that in turn he probably do some things with her that he doesn't like but he's just doing it because he want to be with her and you know why i bring them up a lot on, on this whole notion because that's exactly what happened no he he, he loves to go out to fish now, she never fished before. Never been out there before. Man, she just went out there with him just because she wanted to be with him. The first time she ever caught her first fish, she loved it. She loved to fish with him. But let me tell you something, the reverse side of this. You know, she liked to go to craft shows. <laughs> Loves it to death. He, he, I can see him cringing inside. Oh, my God. The, but you know what, though? <laughs> he took so many pictures with her at the craft show, and they stand together taking pictures with each other. He started to like it. Mm. He started to love going. He said he don't mind missing a football game. He could catch it on ESPN you know, on Saturday and go to the craft show with his wife mm -hmm. just to spend time with her. So, but, so they're not bickering no. about these things. No, they're not bickering at all. She just started sewing into his life by doing some things that he liked. Mm. She put aside her feelings and she was just there just to enjoy him. Right. But then in the process, she started to like the activity. Yeah. But and, then she found him doing things with her. Yeah. That he wouldn't have liked to do, but he does it to be with her. But he didn't enjoy it. Now. And then that's how you, that's another way how you build a bond. Yeah. And that bond is solid. I look at him and her, I'm like, man, you know what? That's a good relationship because they literally. They like hanging out together. They love to hang out. Each other. They love to go out of town together, go do stuff with each other. And they've been married for a while? Yeah. 15, 16 years. Wow, how many people married that long can say that they are like that? Oh, no. I, I know that when we were married in our 15, 16 year, we weren't like that. No, we wasn't at all. <laughs> but you know what? Now, Things were much different back then. Oh, my God. Back then, oh, my God, we could go and build. I don't think I could too much stand being around you that much during <laughs> no, no, no. that time. You couldn't even. I was, like, glad when you were out of my sight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, where he could go do something. Yeah. And, and uh, me, I was like, I would love to go do something without her being around because she always got something to say about me about doing something. But yeah, you, it wasn't, but it wasn't a good time because you were going and doing sin. Yeah, I was evil. <laughs> I was doing, I was doing all kinds of evil in that time. I was sinning so bad, man. They even had to write a book about it. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be that blunt, but the truth is, I was sinning. But you know what? Even with that, I'm glad it's not like that anymore. Oh my now god! Now we love doing things together. Oh my, oh my god! I can't like now. <laughs> what are we doing now? I love it. I mean, I love to do a lot of things with you. I mean, I enjoy. That's why when I go out of town, I miss you. I miss you a lot, and I be calling all the time. You be like, you know, you be on the phone. You know, you got to cook dinner and everything else. But I had to really have to talk to you and stuff like that because I miss you. But you know, that's that's what happens when you get. Love the Lord. <laughs> yeah, you do do a little fun stuff with me. Like you sit down and do uh, some scrapbooking with me. Something yeah. that you would never do before. 
I would now you love it. I love scrapbooking. We had little snacks, snacks and stuff. Like a, <laughs> we have a security board. Oh my god, man! Got uh, and a pasta, everything else, and and drinking wine. And people are like, you take wine, Cleo? No, I mean we drink sparkling wine, but we do that, and we. But it's fun. It's fun. I it's enjoy. Relaxing. Oh my god, I enjoy it. <laughs> Just being with you, and we and do it, some activities together and stuff. But and, see, I, that that was sewn because I would sit and watch the, the game with you, and I don't know nothing about anything in sports. <laughs> don't like it whatsoever, but I participated by making sure y'all had snacks and stuff. And yeah. then I'd ask questions like, okay, so what's going on, and who's winning, and who's losing? Yeah, especially when we watch movies. You always, you know so much about Marvel than even our own son don't know. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, let's continue. I still really don't care for those, but okay. <laughs> but it's a learning curve, and I love you, but, but for that because it it shows that 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 time of bonding it is a really remarkable thing. It's really unique. I think everybody should try that. Literally try it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just uh, one more thing. The most important thing is that you know spending time in God's Word daily. We really help to adjust a woman's attitude. Amen. You know, because if she if she's not doing that, she can try to try to do all these things, and it, it really won't mean very much. She may not even see much of a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, what's saddening me with that? Baby. Or she or she may do it for a little while and get tired. Yeah, what's saddening me about that? And you know. This is one of the big, huge things that us men need to be doing more too, as 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 godly men, is to spend more time in God's word too. Yeah, because it's like spending time in God's word daily and praying for your spouse. That right there, it, it just sets the tone. It does. It really sets the tone for the day, and mm-hmm. you know, it helps to get your attitude readjusted. It does. So you have to make that a, a practice. You mm-hmm. just got to keep doing that. You know, one of the things I do most practically every day is to pray for you. I always, you know, you know, when you, you know, you get up before I do everything else, you know, each morning. And when I um, really, you know, by myself, I have to start praying for you. I said, let me pray for my beautiful wife. Pray for your well-being. Pray for everything about you. And pray for your you know, God to lead you in a way that that is fitted for Him, that you will set yourself as a as a um, holy uh, sacrifice, holy acceptable to Him, that you will lead, be led by the Holy Spirit, not your spirit, but the Holy Spirit, and to ask Him for guidance to truth, and I will be there with you through the whole process, and that's pretty much my prayer. That's yeah. every day. That's every day. And wives, you know, we can pray for things like, you know, our husband's spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. We can pray for your leadership, Mm -hmm. your job, your attitude. Mm -hmm. Pray for your heart, your health, relationships. Yeah. You know, things like that. So there's always something that can be, you know, that you can go to God in prayer, a simple prayer each day. It doesn't have to be long Mm -hmm. and drawn out. Right. I, I, just to take a moment, you know, out of your day. No matter what you're doing, just take a moment and just, just just say a little prayer. You know, if you're, I pray, you know, when I'm washing dishes or doing the laundry, 
vacuuming. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just, you know, and when I'm eating, you know, right in the, in the middle of my meal, I'm having this thought. And I may say a prayer, you know, when you're not around, things like that. So, Amen. There's always an opportunity. You just got to gotta take advantage of, the, of those opportunities when they come when going when, when the holy spirit drops it in your in your heart and your mind just take a moment just stop and just say something amen you know real quick i think that then you know that's a really great thing to do as a husband you know you, when you see a wife doing the things that god called her to do biblically you need to really appreciate the fact she's doing this for the lord and not only for the lord for you to show you how much she respect you as hell this home so take the time and tell her how much you love her take the time to tell her how much you really really do love the fact that she is walking in her role as god calling Matter of fact, don't make the, the environment of the home hostile. And I'm saying this because I'm, I know the times that we, we were out of the out, out of God's will, especially me. Home was hostile. It's a hostile environment. That was one reason why I didn't want to come home. Because for me, I'm the one caused the the hostility in our in our lives. If you know, because I wasn't right with the Lord. And when you don't have that. That that firm foundation in God, your home will become a battleground. So, husbands, I want you to think about this. Allow God to guide you to become a living sacrifice for Him and for your 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 family. It's very important. It's very key because if you have that. You will see a tremendous change in your home with your your with your wife and with your children. I guarantee that. That happened. That, that happened to us. I mean, that surrender to God was the key element for us to really get to know how our marriage, how our life, our ministry in that that as our, uh, that is marriage will become. And it's it's a learning process. Even now, we still got a lot to learn. We do. So we're going to go ahead and close this because um, next week's broadcast is going to be profound, I know. But we need to um, really go ahead and solidify this broadcast. I think this broadcast is going to really inspire and really give you a biblical perspective about intimacy the way God sees it. And I pray that once you understand what that looks like, you will be more energized in your marriage, your ministry, to be able to reflect that through God. So, one more my wife to go ahead and pray for for uh, for the women, and we will pray for everyone. I pray for everyone else. Go ahead, Boo. <clears throat> okay, ladies, let us pray to not be selfish to our husband with our body. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for opening our eyes and helping us to see in your word that our bodies are not our own when we marry. Help us wives to be obedient to your word by not depriving our husbands. It is not right for a Christian wife to be selfish with her body. 
Sexual intimacy has always been your will for married couples since the beginning, and it is a beautiful thing. May we be mindful that refusing our mate sexually could open the door of temptation from Satan to us or to our husbands. We don't want to follow the perverted and wicked ways of our culture. May we allow our intimacy to help create a strong marital bond with our mates. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we just thank you. Right now, I'm speaking to every couple who's listening to this broadcast that they will come to you with their hearts open to everything that you want them to be in you, Father. The main reason why it's so important that they be with you, Father, is because of you. We pray that once they understand that they need to bring a bond to one another, being intimate with one another, and learn how to be intimate with you, is to have a relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. So we pray this prayer right now, that once they understand that they come to you with hearts open to you, Father, and allow them, allow you to change their minds about intimacy. I pray that they will be much more hungry for that relationship, not only for you, Father, but with each other. We pray that they will seek you first, and we pray that they will come together as one in Jesus' wonderful and mighty name. Amen. Amen. We want to thank each and every one of you to be part of the Family of Radio Show. Next week going to be another powerful impact week about the roles and the plans for a godly wife. Stay tuned. It's much more, more to come, and we will definitely see you next week on the Family Unit Radio Show. Thank you for listening to the Family Unit Radio Show. We pray that this radio show helps you understand God's design for the family according to His Word. Tune in next week for more from the Family Unit, and may God bless you. The Family Unit Radio Show is copyrighted by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.